Section 11 of A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy by Lawrence Stern. Section 11 the husband paris i had counted twenty pulsations and was going on fast towards the fortieth when her husband coming unexpected from a back parlour into the shop put me a little out of my reckoning twas nobody but her husband she said so i began a fresh score monsieur is so good quoth she as he passed by us as to give himself the trouble of feeling my pulse the husband took off his hat and making me a bow said i did him too much honour and having said that he put on his hat and walked out good god said i to myself as he went out and can this man be the husband of this woman let it not torment the few who know what must have been the grounds of this exclamation if i explain it to those who do not in london a shopkeeper and a shopkeeper's wife seem to be one bone and one flesh in the several endowments of mind and body sometimes the one sometimes the other has it so as in general to be upon a par and to tally with each other as nearly as man and wife need to do in paris there are scarce two orders of beings more different for the legislative and executive powers of the shop not resting in the husband he seldom comes there in some dark and dismal room behind he sits commerceless in his thrum nightcap the same rough son of nature that nature left him the genius of a people when nothing but the monarchy is salique having ceded this department with sundry others totally to the women by a continual higgling with customers of all ranks and sizes from morning to night like so many rough pebbles shook long together in a bag by amicable collisions they have worn down their asperities and sharp angles and not only become round and smooth but will receive some of them a polish like a brilliant monsieur le mari is little better than the stone under your foot surely surely man it is not good for thee to sit alone thou wast made for social intercourse and gentle greetings and this improvement of our natures from it i appeal to as my evidence and how does it beat monsieur said she with all the benignity said i looking quietly in her eyes that i expected she was going to say something civil in return 
but the lad came into the shop with the gloves. "'A propos,' said I, "'I want a couple of pairs myself.' The gloves, Paris. The beautiful Grisette rose up when I said this, and going behind the counter, reached down a parcel and untied it. I advanced to the side over against her. They were all too large. The beautiful Grisette measured them one by one across my hand. It would not alter their dimensions. She begged I would try a single pair, which seemed to be the least. She held it open. My hand slipped into it at once. It will not do, said I, shaking my head a little. No, said she, doing the same thing. There are certain combined looks of simple subtlety where whim and sense and seriousness and nonsense are so blended that all the languages of Babel set loose together could not express them. They are communicated and caught so instantaneously that you can scarce say which party is the infector. I leave it to your men of words to swell pages about it. It is enough in the present to say again the gloves would not do. So, folding our hands within our arms, we both lolled upon the counter. It was narrow, and there was just room for the parcel to lay between us. The beautiful Grisette looked sometimes at the gloves, then sideways to the window, then at the gloves, and then at me. I was not disposed to break silence. I followed her example. So I looked at the gloves, then to the window, then at the gloves, and then at her, and so on alternately. I found I lost considerably in every attack. She had a quick black eye, and shot through two such long and silken eyelashes with such penetration that she looked into my very heart and reins. It may seem strange, but I could actually feel she did. "'It is no matter,' said I, taking up a couple of the pairs next me, and putting them into my pocket. I was sensible the beautiful Grisette had not asked above a single livre above the price. I wished she had asked a livre more, and was puzzling my brains how to bring the matter about. "'Do you think, my dear sir,' said she, mistaking my embarrassment, "'that I could ask a sou too much of a stranger, and of a stranger whose politeness more than his want of gloves has done me the honour to lay himself at my mercy mon croyez capable faith not i said i and if you were you are welcome so counting the money into her hand and with a lower bow than one generally makes to a shopkeeper's wife i went out 
and her lad with his parcel followed me the translation paris there was nobody in the box i was let into but a kindly old french officer i love the character not only because i honour the man whose manners are softened by a profession which makes bad men worse but that i once knew one for he is no more and why should i not rescue one page from violation by writing his name on it and telling the world it was captain tobias shandy the dearest of my flock and friends whose philanthropy i never think of at this long distance from his death but my eyes gush out with tears for his sake i have a predilection for the whole corps of veterans and so i strode over the two back rows of benches and placed myself beside him the old officer was reading attentively a small pamphlet it might be the book of the opera with a large pair of spectacles as soon as i sat down he took his spectacles off and putting them into a chagrin case returned them and the book into his pocket together i half rose up and made him a bow translate this into any civilized language in the world the sense is this here's a poor stranger coming to the box he seems as if he knew nobody and is never likely was he to be seven years in paris if every man he comes near keeps his spectacles upon his nose tis shutting the door of conversation absolutely in his face and using him worse than a german the french officer might as well have said it all aloud and if he had i should in course have put the bow i made him into french too and told him i was sensible of his attention and returned him a thousand thanks for it there is not a secret so aiding to the progress of sociality as to get master of this shorthand and to be quick in rendering the several turns of looks and limbs with all their inflections and delineations into plain words for my own part by long habitude i do it so mechanically that when i walk the streets of london i go translating all the way and have more than once stood behind in the circle where not three words have been said and have brought off twenty different dialogues with me which i could have fairly wrote down and sworn to i was going one evening to martini's concert at milan and was just entering the door of the hall when the marquesina di f was coming out in a sort of a hurry she was almost upon me before i saw her so i gave a spring to one side to let her pass she had done the same and on the same side too so we ran our heads together 
she instantly got to the other side to get out i was just as unfortunate as she had been for i had sprung to that side and opposed her passage again we both flew together to the other side and then back and so on it was ridiculous we both blushed intolerably so i did at last the thing i should have done at first i stood stock still and the marquesina had no more difficulty i had no power to go into the room till i had made her so much reparation as to wait and follow her with my eye to the end of the passage she looked back twice and walked along it rather sideways as if she would make room for any one coming upstairs to pass her no said i that's a vile translation the marquesina has a right to the best apology i can make her and that opening is left for me to do it in so i ran and begged pardon for the embarrassment i had given her saying it was my intention to have made her way she answered she was guided by the same intention towards me so we reciprocally thanked each other she was at the top of the stairs and seeing no chichisbeo near her i begged to hand her to her coach so we went down the stairs stopping at every third step to talk of the concert and the adventure upon my word madame said i when i had handed her in i made six different efforts to let you go out and i made six efforts replied she to let you enter i wish to heaven you would make a seventh said i with all my heart said she making room life is too short to be long about the forms of it so i instantly stepped in and she carried me home with her and what became of the concert saint cecilia who i suppose was at it knows more than i i will only add that the connection which arose out of the translation gave me more pleasure than any one i had the honour to make in italy end of section 11 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey